Throughout the last 18 months, the housing market has been watching one specific thing to determine whether or not housing prices might fall. How the end of mortgage forbearance would affect inventory of homes on the market. Up until now, things have gone a lot differently than most would have expected. It was recently noted that U.S. housing prices saw a 19% increase over the last 12 months. Housing inventory continues to decline nationwide, mortgage rates are projecting to increase, and now that mortgage forbearance programs are officially coming to an end, some homeowners are facing a choice to either pay up, sell, or risk foreclosure. When everything shut down in early 2020, there was a lot of concern that everyone would immediately lose their jobs, they'd stop spending, they would default on their payments, banks would stop lending, and everything would fall apart if nothing was done. So, our esteemed leaders came up with a solution. The CARES Act was passed on March 27, 2020, which allowed homeowners to apply for mortgage forbearance, a process which allowed them to temporarily pause their payments for up to a year. In addition, forbearance-related evictions and foreclosures were put on hold. The idea was that if we could just get through the next year and reopen the economy, everything would return to normal. Except it didn't quite happen that way. Shortly after mortgage forbearance went into effect, more than 4.2 million homeowners paused their payments about 8.5% of all mortgage properties on the market, which is a lot. The worry then became, what happens when the time is up and several million people have to resume their payments all at the exact same time? Well, when the first deadline came due, the economy was still shut down, so the forbearance program was extended for another year, leaving critics to argue that a wave of foreclosures would soon be coming once defaults are allowed to be processed again. Well, the wait is over. The forbearance program is officially ending. So let's look at what we know so far and try to anticipate what's actually going to happen. Even though more than 4 million homeowners originally paused their mortgage payment, as of today, 18 months later, 1 million of those remain with a small portion still eligible for a final six-month extension if they choose. This represents just under 2% of all mortgage properties in the U.S. Experts report that 23% of those borrowers have either sold their home or have refinanced their mortgage to make it more affordable. 7% are on loss mitigation with their lender, 3% are delinquent on their payments after mortgage forbearance expired, and 38,000 of them are in active foreclosure, even with the real estate market surging to all-time highs. So what's really going on here? On the surface, even those numbers are actually really surprising. CNBC reports that roughly 73% of borrowers in foreclosure have more than 20% of equity, and about 28% have more than 50% equity, meaning they owe just half of their home's value back to the bank. That means if their home is worth $100,000 and they owe $50,000, they can just sell the property, pay back the bank, and walk away with $50,000. But for some reason, they're not doing that. Reports show that nearly a third of borrowers who enter into the foreclosure process with at least 40% equity in their home end up going to foreclosure anyway. One thought is that this is partially due to an overly competitive and expensive real estate market that, as of now, leaves sellers hard-pressed to find a home to purchase once they sell. Even though foreclosure rates have been increasing, data from RealtyTrack found it's primarily on vacant and abandoned homes or loans that were already in the foreclosure process before the pandemic even started. Across the United States, only one out of every 6,675 housing units fall into this category. And if we look back at decades past, we see that we're still well under statistical averages, meaning fewer people are underwater on their homes right now, far fewer people are going into foreclosure, and more people than ever are sitting on equity, which they could cash in on if they needed to. But that presents its own problem. Even though the mortgage forbearance crisis was completely averted and the solution to pause payments worked, some are warning that the housing market is peaking and to expect a sudden correction. 
These are claims that should be taken seriously, so we're going to address them right now. It should be no surprise that as a result of low interest rates and cheap borrowing, pretty much every investment has skyrocketed in value. The stock market is, or was, at its highest levels ever, luxury cars are selling like hotcakes, and real estate is very much one of the biggest winners of the decade. Low rates have made real estate even more affordable to purchase, and as borrowers get approved for larger loans with lower payments, that continues to push prices up. One market analysis I read theorized that investors are distorting the market by driving prices beyond the reach of ordinary buyers. Plus, builders with their growing construction pipelines are bidding up land values. And to top all that off, Business Insider noted that 78% of community bank executives expect the housing market to crash by 2026. The report found that for the past five straight months, inflation-adjusted real estate prices have exceeded the 2008 real estate peak, leaving a record number of homeowners to take out new lines of credit, reinvest in other markets, or pull cash on their homes to cover other expenses, to the tune of $63 billion. Redfin recently compiled a massive data set from millions of users to determine what they believe to be the future of the real estate market. First, Redfin predicts that mortgage rates are going to increase to 3.6%, bringing housing prices back down to earth. We already know that the Fed is planning to taper their mortgage bond buying program in efforts to raise interest rates. There was lots of doom and gloom in the most recent Fed report, so most likely this is going to have an impact on the entire mortgage market as rates creep up across the board. Redfin estimates that this change will lead to an extra $100 per month increase on the median home by the end of 2022. How will this affect home values though? They anticipate that appreciation is going to drop from 24% to 3% year over year, discouraging speculators and investors from entering the market as a way to profit from the housing inventory shortage. Now as a full-time real estate agent, personally, 3% seems way too doom and gloom for me, especially when inflation is much higher than that. So if I were to guess, I would predict that prices could see another 5-7% to increase throughout the next year, at least enough to be on pace with inflation. There are also suggestions that new listings will reach a 10-year high, but will that be enough to appease the current frenzy of buyers? They explain that as interest rates increase, homeowners will feel more comfortable listing their home while they look for another one to buy. With more inventory, buyers will have a little bit more flexibility to pick and choose from, and less growth will encourage more people to cash out instead of holding on just a little bit longer to see how much more they can get for their home. We have to admit that supply chain and labor shortages are going to make it difficult to build enough homes to satisfy demand. So even though more homes should come on the market in 2022, it's still not going to solve the broader problem that we simply don't have enough housing available in California. We might see SB9 help with that. If you haven't seen my video on SB9, I would suggest checking that out to see what you can expect in your neighborhood over the next few years. Experts also predict that rents will increase another 7% in 2022, and I think this is a massive understatement. Before I get into my thoughts, they explain that rental demand will increase from homeowners coming out of mortgage forbearance, more people are likely to move into cities where renting is common, and a strong labor market is going to cause a shift of demand into new areas where people are temporarily going to rent. Let's not forget that since rental vacancy rates are near record lows, any increase in demand is only going to push prices up even further. Now for the last year, I've been saying that to anyone who will listen. The rental prices will eventually have to catch up with the market value of properties. And when home prices go up 20% in a single year, rental prices will inevitably have to follow that same trajectory, although potentially with a one to two year delay. In summary, we're likely to see a very strong rental market for at least the next few years. There are suggestions that homeowners are going to be relocating to more affordable cities. They explain that more speculative areas like Atlanta, Austin, and Phoenix 
have seen a decline in net migration since peaking in Q1 of 2021, and during a housing shortage, less expensive areas with strong job markets have seen a larger than anticipated influx. That makes sense to me, and with people having more control over where they live now, less expensive markets have a lot of potential for long-term value. Finally, experts anticipate that condo demand is going to take off while people get more comfortable with condensed living. My only counter to this is that historically, single-family homes see a lot more appreciation and demand long-term. So even though you end up paying less for a condo, you get less in return when you go to sell it. Now this is a topic that I will definitely dive into deeper in another video. So overall, the sentiment seems to be that no crash is coming, home values will slow down and rents will pick up. Even though that all sounds reasonable, you have to ask yourself, how accurate have they been in the recent past? Their predictions for 2021 were an absolute mess, to say the least. Zillow, on the other hand, was actually pretty accurate in 2021. They expected 6.9 million homes sold in 2021, and we saw about 6.4 million homes sold. They also anticipated city living seeing a resurgence, and in addition to investors snatching up virtual real estate in the metaverse, we're indeed seeing people move back. But what does Zillow think about 2022? The recent report says they anticipate housing prices to climb another 13.6% year over year. That's similar to the 16% that Goldman Sachs predicts, while Fannie Mae expects another 7.9% increase. So it seems pretty likely that 2022 is going to be another crazy year in the real estate world. But in terms of what you could do about this and whether or not this market could actually crash this year, here's what we do know for sure. One, the vast majority of tenants are still paying their rent. The National Multifamily Housing Council found that 93 to 95% of tenants paid their rent in full by the end of the month. And that's only one to 2% less than prior to the pandemic. This leads me to believe that we are going to see rents trend higher throughout the next year. Two, building materials are back up thanks to worsening supply chain shortages. See, prices were so high at the beginning of 2021 that people held off from starting new projects. And as a result, prices fell. But apparently so many people began buying the dip that prices started to go back up again. So it could very well be another year or two until things really start to normalize. Number three, 98% of homeowners in active forbearance have at least 10% of equity in their homes compared to the Great Recession where only 40% had that much equity. What that means is we're not going to see very many foreclosures because there's not much out there to foreclose on. At this point, if a homeowner can no longer afford their payments, they can sell right now at record prices and walk away with the difference, or they could take advantage of a multitude of lending programs to refinance their loan. So if you're waiting for foreclosures, I hate to burst your bubble, but we're unlikely to see any drop in home values related to foreclosures. And four, the interest rates are very likely to increase. Even though they've actually recently been going down, the Fed has made it very clear that they intend to combat rising inflation by raising interest rates multiple times in 2022, likely beginning in March. And as I mentioned earlier, that has the ability to impact housing values as the cost of a loan gets a bit more expensive. Now, most likely this is not going to be enough to counteract the shortage of inventory, but it should start to put some pressure on the prices throughout the middle of 2022. And that's worth taking into consideration. So overall, my advice is simply this. First, if you're renting and you know you want to stay, it's probably a good idea to lock in a long-term lease right now to prevent the price from going up too much in the future. Second, if you're looking to buy a home, just understand that it's going to cost you more money and it's likely going to be just as competitive in 2022 as it was last year. So if you really want to be safe, take your time and only buy a property that you intend to keep for five to seven years, just in case something were to happen to the housing market. Third, given how quickly things could change, Accurately predicting anything is a guessing game at best. 
Although it's probably going to be a lot more of the same, at least until supply chain and home inventory shortages ease up a bit. So with that said, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it and I will see you next time.